Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Joel Taylor, CIO at CarePoint Health System. In this segment, Taylor talks about the challenges of engaging with an elderly patient population, why he's hesitant to go down the HIE and ACO paths at this point, and how the organization is working to create growth opportunities in IT. The whole idea of coordinated care is obviously something that's um, you know really important uh, for your organization and uh, a, a big initiative. And um, can you just talk a little bit about uh, you know more of the work being done there, just as far as you know getting that that whole uh, establishing that whole care continuum for the patient? Well, certainly getting our EMR installed in the medical practices uh, is you know the number one piece to this. Uh, from there. Uh, interfacing that with our hospital EMR uh, so that information can be shared uh, back and forth as patients you know, utilize different components of our system. Uh, and then uh, stage three will actually be integrating with our affiliated physicians and our you know, physicians that are admitting but are not employed and uh, you know, being able to set up a kind of a HIE type of environment with them so that it's easier for them to uh, bring their patients to our hospitals and care for their patients through our system. Okay. And when you talk about the, the integration team, is that something that, that's a department that's, um, you know, kind of within IT or kind of separate from? It's part of the field services team that we have here. It's the same group of people that provide the end user support. And we, we don't want to have a separate group of people. We try to limit the handoffs. Right. Okay. Now, um, when you talk about uh, everything you're doing to uh, um, facilitate uh, data exchange, that's a big part of meaningful use and, uh, you know, the requirements. And uh, I want to just, just talk about where you stand uh, in general with uh, meaningful use and how you're positioned. Well, we're, we're moving forward uh, with the diff varying levels of uh, meaningful use attestation at our hospitals. Uh, we're doing the same with our physician practices. Many of them are you know, stage one, stage two already with existing products. And uh, we will continue that forward uh, with eClinical Works. It's, it's okay. certainly a strategy for us. It's important to us. Okay. And have you tested to uh, stage two in the hospitals? Uh, we have. We have um, two hospitals at stage two, one hospital at stage one. Okay. And now as far as uh, the patient engagement piece, um, how is that? What's your strategy there? Do, do you have a portal that you're using at this point? We do. We utilize the Meditech's portal. Uh, we will be utilizing uh, eClinical Works' portal, and we do have some strategies uh, on uh, front-end technologies that will uh, provide a portal to our patients that's product agnostic. So kind of a, a single portal for them to look at, even though the data is coming from different sources. Right. And how has the, uh, the, the traction been, I guess, uh, on, on the, uh, the acute side with the, uh, the Meditech portal? You know, I think it's interesting. We, we have a uh, very interesting demographic here in Hudson County that has us with a tremendous amount of uh, elderly patients. So, you know, obviously their interest um, in accessing their information from their health record and you, do using a computer in general uh, just don't exist. Quite frankly, most of them don't even have email addresses, which, you know, obviously makes signing up for a portal somewhat difficult. Right. 
So we, we do help them understand how you know this this gives them a vehicle to bring information to their other physicians when they're asked questions about you know well what happened when you were in the hospital what were you doing why were you there what were your treatments those types of things where they often can't remember. Yeah. Um, you know uh, this is a tool that they can easily pull up and share that information without having to you know make a formal document request and whatnot. Right. Right, and I guess that, that the caregivers, caregivers as well, we would be getting involved with that. Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, it, it's a struggle because of our, our demographic here. Okay, so now um, looking at data management and actually uh, looking ahead to like analytics, um, is that something that you're looking at at this point? I know that uh, you know it, it all always depends on where you stand with uh, you know EHR integration and how everything's going, but. What uh, what do you foresee um, being able to do with analytics? Well, we have a we have a business intelligence team in IT, and uh, they are very integrated in uh, many aspects of our business. Uh, I, I tend to not like to talk about some of the stuff that they're looking at because that right. is uh, you know market stuff that we wouldn't necessarily want our competitors to know that we do. Right, right. Um, but, you know, they have their hands into, you know, every corner, every dark table in our databases and our reporting information that we're using to uh, drive our business, you know, whether it's from coordinated care to marketing, you know, to revenue capture. Okay. In, in terms of uh, state HIEs, are, are you participating in, any, in one at this point? We are not. Is it something that, that you have possibly a plan to do or just not, not really on the table yet? Well, we're maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to speak poorly about the existing HIEs. Right, right. Should they, uh, an HIE in New Jersey mature or come anew that uh, has the capabilities that are valuable to our patients? Um, yes. To just be connected to an HIE for the sake of connecting to an HIE, it's not not our business. Okay. All right. And now, what about um, accountable care organizations? Is that something you're looking at? It's potential. Right. Depending on a couple of different factors, or just like being able to uh, build the business case. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of decisions to be made to, before going down that path. And I think, you know, for an organization that's only a couple years old, um, there's some ducks that need to get in a row. It's not the kind of thing you want to get involved in until you can know you can do it really well. Okay. All right. So now in terms of uh, the, the, the IT, IT staff, um, what approximately what, what type of what size are, uh, do you have? So we're, we're a 130-employee team. Okay. So that's a pretty decent-sized staff. Um, can you talk a little bit about your leadership strategy, I guess, first as far as, you know, um, kind of staying in communication when you have a, a group of that size? So we, we have the team is segregated into functional units. Uh, each one of those functional units has a leader. Those leaders report to me. So, um, you know, we, we do that. We also have a project management office that kind of keeps everything on track and uh, keeps everything flowing smoothly. 
And, you know, we have a, a good alerting mechanism here for when projects are going south and uh, what we need to do for corrective action and that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, you know, it works well. Um, you know, le leadership style is uh, hire the right people. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Yeah. There was um, something I saw on, on your LinkedIn page. It was a, a recommendation from a former colleague who said that about you, he keeps his hands on the pulse of the daily workload but does not micromanage the staff. He allows the staff to grow and provides them with education as needed. And to me that's really interesting, that the idea of managing without micromanaging because we've all kind of seen, you know, the cautionary tales about that. And, and any thoughts on that just as far as, you know, at what it takes to um, kind of uh, let people do their jobs without, without getting too, too involved? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're micromanaging, you're telling your team you don't trust them. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you have to hire the right people, you have to trust them, and you have to hold them accountable for executing their duties. Mm -hmm. And uh, as long as they understand that's how it's going to go down, and they understand that you are there to support them, and you will protect them when it's necessary and appropriate, uh, things flow very well. You know, when people on your team see a career path, which is often a problem in IT shops, you know, you have people that sit on the help desk forever, and, you know, their only way to change a career is to leave. Um, we, we don't do that here. So, you know, people see what the teams do. They see all the different roles, and there's a whole slew of different positions here. And so our entry-level people that, you know, are on the help desk and the switchboards and whatnot can say, hey, you know, I, I, I think I would be interested in doing something. And then they get pulled in, they get involved and engaged, and they can see if this is something they want to pursue. And if they do, they can pursue it to the point of next time a position is available, they have an opportunity to move into that role. Right. So it, it, gives, it gives the people that have, you know, help desk jobs, which are miserable positions, um, a, a way to see the end. It retains talent, and you know, people that know our facilities, know our end users, have relationships, and as they move, um, they are predetermined for success. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.